in Job 17.11, it says, My days have passed, my plans are shattered, and so are the desires of my heart. This morning, we're going to continue our series, Remnant, even if you're the last voice. And if we're going to be, as a church and as individuals, a voice in our culture, if we're going to influence and impact our culture, then that voice needs to be a healthy voice. We as a church need to be a healthy voice. We as individuals need healthy voices as we speak into this culture. Some of you sit here, I've sat, really, I've been sitting here over the past uh, few months, if you will, and you've heard the stories of Shamgar and Ehud and Ebed Melik and Ter- uh, Jer and Tola, Rahab, Eleazar, and you've thought to yourself, in your hearts, you know, I'm not sure that I could ever believe that I could be counted as one of God's remnant. I don't truly believe that in my heart of hearts I can be a Shamgar. I can be an Ehud. I can make those difficult choices. I can stand up. I can overcome the overwhelming odds that face me in my life. There's been a wall between who you were created to be and who you are right now in your life. And for you, that wall have be- has become like a-, a cell wall, if you will. There was a wall built on lies somewhere in your past, and those walls have become a prison for you. And they're holding you back from the person that God created you to be. You know in your heart there's something more. You know you were created for a different destiny, for a different life than you're living, but you don't know how to to get to that point. And so you've resigned yourself to live in the shadows because it's safer there. It's safer in the shadows. You've resigned yourself to a life of spiritual mediocrity because it seems safer. The enemy has convinced you that the prison that you're now in is inescapable. Inescapable. Seeking freedom would be way too risky, way too painful, and so you just stay there, limited by your circumstances, believing the lie instead of living out your purpose and God's plan for your life. And so many people are in that category. So many people that are around us even this morning, so many people that you work with, so many people that you go to school with are in that category. They're limited by their circumstances. They've just accepted what, what, what their life is, believing that there's, there's nothing beyond that. And if, and if I try to reach beyond that, I'm not sure I can basically handle it. Well, I'm here this morning, if you will, to break you out, to break you out of the prison, to set you free, to to allow you, hopefully, to allow you to live out the, the, the life that God planned for you. It's never too late. I don't care how old you are here this morning. It is never too late to live out the plan that God has for your life. 
When I was 17 years old, and a lot of you, I've told a little bit of my story uh, over the years. When I was 17 years old, I was extremely anger, angry, and I was in a lot of pain. There was, there was a life up until that point, until about 18 years old, life, a lot of life, a lot of what happened in my life left me really, really bitter. Uh, many of you know me as, a, you know, as a, a dreamer. I like to dream, and I just believe that God can do all these things and be a visionary. But back then, I, I had no dreams for the future. There was no vision, that, uh, no vision for what, what, what could possibly be. I had no passion, no drive, but there was a lot of hopelessness in my life. And my pain and my rage at that point, I was at, it was at a boiling point. When I was about 17 and a half years old, almost 18, that rage and that pain was at a boiling point. And it was during that time that my friend Patty came back to the apartment complex where I lived. I've known, I had known Patty uh, at that point since I was about nine years old, nine or ten years old. She had left the apartments. She moved away for a little bit, and then she came back and started hanging out with us again. And in the time that she left, she started going to church, and she gave her life to Jesus Christ. And she basically invited me to church, and the rest, as they say, is history. You know, I talked about Anne Marie and the smile faces she gave me once I got to youth group. But if Patty didn't invite me to church that day, um, if she didn't take the time and, and have the love to come back and, and share with us what she had found, then I, wouldn't, I, I probably wouldn't be up here this morning. So I owe her a lot in the, the courage she had to come back to where we grew up and start talking about God, which is just not in our vocabulary, if you will. After high school, we both ended up going to Nyack College, which was a Christian college in New York. Uh, Patty started dating a guy there and soon found herself pregnant. And uh, back then, to be honest with you, it was a little, more, it was a little different than it is now, especially in a Christian college. Um, and uh, it was extremely, extremely difficult for her. We stayed connected for a while, but after she left Nyack, we, we lost contact. I, I got married. Um, graduated from, from college and took my first job as a youth pastor. We reconnected through Facebook about 25 to 28 years later. Um, and, but the conversation was, was shallow. Um, it was, it was, there were few conversations and they were, they were kind of shallow. Uh, and the reason, reason for that was not because she didn't want to share, but... Um, I, I watch people, if I can connect with them on Facebook, and I, I see their lives, and, and where I grew up, many of the people where I grew up, their lives didn't turn out so great, so it's, I don't want to get online and say, hey, how's it going? You know, hey, tell me about your life. I just watch, and I, and I try to connect with them and try to open up and share what, what God is doing in my life, and, and just if, if there's an opportunity to, to help in any way, I do that, but... Um, so we were, our conversations were, were few and shallow, but then something began to change. I started watching her pictures on Facebook, and there was a lot more joy in her pictures, and uh, there was a new, uh, I think she, she, I know she had gotten married again, um, and there was just more joy. So I took the time, and I, I, I Facebooked, and I posted. I said, hey, you know, tell me, tell me about your life, because 
when she left Nyack, you know, she was pregnant, and then she, she kind of drifted away, and I didn't get to talk to her for, for 25 or 26, 27 years. So I wanted to know what happened during that time, and I felt like I was comfortable doing that because it looked like her life was going pretty well. And so I asked her the question, and this, this was her post. Sorry for the delay, delayed response. Seeing your life on Facebook and the love and devotion your family and congregation have for you is so wonderful. I often find myself thinking of you because many of the things that you do uh, with nature, creating that, that aquaponics and hydroponics, whatever it was, is so true to who you were as a boy. You love nature even though we were surrounded by so, so much yuckiness. We made the most of that creek. Uh, we had a creek that ran behind the apartment complex. I may have mentioned my husband and I bought a home in New City last year, which is where we grew up. Near Clarkstown North is where I graduated from, from high school. And I go to, the, to the, uh, the old stop and shop all the time. And do you remember when they put McDonald's across the street from the apartments? Well, it's still there. I look at those apartments at times and I shudder. But we had a, good, we had a cool crew. I appreciate the acknowledgement when I invited you guys to youth group. I recall feeling like I belonged to a family for the first time, and you, Donald, and the rest of the crew are my, my other family. And how could I not want to share what I had found? Looking back, that youth group ended up saving me later on. I'm not sure if I told you, but I'm a recovering alcoholic, and God willing, January, I will be, I will be one for nine years. But Jeff, it was very, very bad and dark for a long period of time in my life. I was drowning in a sea of alcoholism, and the only way back, when the only, only way out was suicide. On January 25th, 2005, my liver stopped working and caused all the blood to rush to my esophagus, which exploded. Most people die instantly, but God had other plans. I did die that night, and I was so incredibly relieved, but the medical team brought me back. At first, I was so angry. After that, I was in a coma for a while. I woke up to find one of my doctors who knew I struggled with alcohol crying at my bedside. I had to decide that since I could not die, I needed to find a way to live. I went to AA, which is a God-based program, and once again committed myself to his care. I had always known that God had a plan for me. Even as a child, I felt a sense of destiny, but I lost my way, and the problems I was born into swallowed me whole. The program gave me the tools to deal with life on life's terms. I often do outspeaks and share my story, and Park Church is where I got saved as well. She uh, is a big part of it. I was homeless for two years after that, and it has been a long journey back. What has happened in the last eight and a half years is an actual real-life miracle, and it is a testament to God's faithfulness. There is so much more to this whole story, but maybe we can speak sometime. I can tell you, if, if you know anyone who suffers from addiction and needs to talk to someone, you can certainly give them my contact information and they will be completely anonymous. The only way I keep what I have is to give it away to someone else who is sick and suffering. Funny, I knew I wanted, I wanted to share God's love with others, i.e. a missionary, etc. I just never knew how he could use me. I have two children, Kevin, 28, and Hannah, 25. I have three stepkids, Kelly, who just left for the Air Force, Gina, 18, and James, 10. All of this has been an amazing journey. Before the alcohol consumed my entire life, I was a hotshot sales representative in, in New York City, mostly on Wall Street. 
Well, I made plenty of money, I was empty. It was on my second anniversary of sobriety when I got a job again in New York City. Ironically, I was all suited up for Manhattan every day, dealing with the high money people all day long, but not knowing where I was going to sleep that night as I still did not have enough money to get an apartment. I'm telling you, my story's crazy. Finally that March, I had my own place. I, decided, I, I dedicated myself to working hard to get my life back on track and I have and a home for my children. What has taken place in the last few years is the stuff they make movies about. But through it all, the only desire I had and have is to fulfill my destiny here as a servant of God. And it is only through his grace and forgiveness uh, that I have a chance of getting it right each day. As I said before, there are so many amazing twists and turns to my story. So it seems that while our paths have been different, we are both fulfilling God's will and destiny for our lives. You were always a leader, always true to yourself, and you waited upon God to reveal the rest. I read, your, I read your stuff all the time on Facebook and smile knowing that a dear old friend is basking in his light and is a servant to many. I am actually home since May having two surgeries. Finally, in September, they replaced my hip. It has been nice to be off the hamster wheel for a while, and who knows what the next few months will bring. If you ever want to talk and catch up, please do not hesitate to call me. Your family is beautiful, and your congregation's faithfulness to you is an amazing witness. Before I kind of move on from there, I, I, I um, it was interesting in the first service, I got choked up, and, and I didn't expect to get choked up, but I did talk to Patty on Friday, and she went down the list of people from the apartment complex where we grew up. And, you know, at 51 years old, you... You, you're, you're, you're distanced from that, from that past and that experience. But she was, you know, talking about old times and not, in, not in always, not really a good way, um, just the things that we experienced as children and things that we went through and, you know, um, people's parents. And she went down a list of the, the people that I grew up with. Um, and, it, and it really broke my heart. And so when I read, when she said that I, I, I drive by that apartment complex and shudder, all those people went through my mind. It just got me, uh, got me emotionally charged. And uh, I'm just so grateful that God has given me the opportunity to, to maybe minister to, to people, you guys especially, obviously, and people around the, around the country and around the world who, who have very difficult backgrounds and challenges in their lives and the opportunity for me to invest in, in your life um, you know, I, I had to move on. I don't, I don't live in New York anymore, but she still lives there, and she still sees some of these people, and their lives didn't really turn out too well, except for our friend Pat. Uh, there's others too, I'm sure, but Pat is, the, is a, a strong Christian, and he's the hairdresser, the, the, the makeup, or the, or the hair designer for Good Morning America, um, which is really cool. And uh, he, he was always a cool guy, and, and it's great to see that he turned out really well. Uh, see, Patty's story, though, is one of redemption and transformation. She was dead, but now she is alive in Jesus Christ. She was physically dead. But when they brought her back, she not only came back physically, but she came back emotionally and spiritually. God did a miracle in her life. But some of you are still stuck, if you will. Some of you are feel, feeling like Job 17, 11. My days have passed, my plans are shattered, and so are the desires of my heart. 
You have no many, how, how, you, can't, you can't believe how many people in first service were out there and we were just hugging and, and, and a lot of the guys and just the brokenness that people were feeling. That passage just hits home. My days have passed, my plans are shattered and so are the desires of my heart. So many people in this room right now feel that way. And one of the things that I knew, I know I needed to do and I was encouraged to do by some of the staff was to preach on something like this. Because again, like I said in the beginning, if we are going to be a voice in culture, it needs to be a healthy voice. We need all of us, to the best of our ability, need to get as healthy spiritually and emotionally as we can so that we can be that voice in culture. I also find it amazing when Patty at the end said, the love that your congregation has for you is amazing and it's it's encouraging. We talk about being a healthy church more than anything else here. Do we want our church to grow? Yeah, we do. We want, so we can reach out to people. We want to invest in people's lives. Sure, we want to grow. But more than growing just numerically, like we have over the past couple of years, we want to be healthy. And even a person who lives in New York who just watches how we interact with each other on Facebook is encouraged to see a healthy church. It's a witness to people. When a church is healthy, it is powerful. People look at that. People wanna be a part of a family that's healthy. And our church is healthy. And it was so encouraging when she mentioned that twice in her her post to me, that she's encouraged by seeing how we, as as the body of Christ, interact with each other. We need to be a healthy body. Now, some of you are not living out the life that you desire to live. You're, you're, you're still feeling that Job 17, 11. Your days have passed. Your, 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 your plans are shattered, and so are the desires of your heart. And so you're not living out the life you always desired to live. And there are many reasons why that might be. And I want to run through a couple here. And I want you to really, this is going to be an extremely practical, if you will, sermon. We're going we're to really hit things directly head on. First, maybe, maybe you made some choices in your life that changed the outcome or changed the direction of the course of your life. Now, I want you to think about that. That may be the reason that you're struggling today. You made choices that led you where you are today. Your choices. But I want you to think about the series that we're in, Remnant. And I want you to think about one of the themes in this series, one of the major themes. Disobedience leads to captivity right? Disobedience to God leads to captivity. And and, and we know that to be true. So if we're disobedient to God, it's through our disobedience that we become a prisoner of the enemy. So we are disobedient to God. And because of that, we are in captivity, if you will. We are imprisoned. We become slaves to the enemy. Our lives are changed. And some of you feel that way. You feel like you're a slave to the enemy. You feel like you're a prisoner of the enemy. Now, I want you to think of the solution. How many times have we heard in this series, once Israel went into captivity, what did they say? What does the Bible say? It says over and over and over again, then they cried out to the Lord. Then they cried out to the Lord. They asked for forgiveness. They were crying out for God. They're crying out to God, asking for forgiveness. That's what you need to do this morning. You need to ask God to forgive you. And you think, well, that's, That's just too simple. Honestly, in in Christianity, yeah, it is that simple. You have made choices that have led you to where you are, okay? 
So that's one of the reasons why we get in these situations. One of them. You made the choice. And here's what I want to do. I want you to bow your heads with you right now. We're not going to just preach about this. We're going to do this. You bow your heads with me. And for those of you who have made choices in your life that have gotten where you where you are right now, you need to humbly confess that to God and ask for his forgiveness. Ask God to forgive you. Don't you dare think God can't forgive me or this. Don't you think anything that is a lie. I'm telling you the truth. If you ask God to forgive you, God will forgive you. You will be set free from what you have done in the eyes of God. You will be forgiven. So I want to take just a minute or so and I want you to ask God to forgive you. You confess that sin to him in your heart and you ask him to forgive you. Do that right now. If you want to get on your knees, get on your knees. You want to sit down, doesn't matter. Just do that right now. Stop listening to that voice that's is telling you right now, you've done this already, you've done this already. But then you keep going back. I don't care about that. Don't let that voice stop you. Do what you need to do. Ask God to forgive you. I don't care if it was last night. You ask God to forgive you. Okay, next step. Next, you need to ask the question, my wife's favorite question, now what? Now what? Stop wallowing, stop feeling guilty, get off the path that you're on, that, get off the path that you're on and start again. Start again, it's a do-over. Remember, running around when you were a kid, ball goes up in the tree, goes on, whatever the case may be, do-over. Your life is now a do-over. You start again, okay? So stop wallowing, stop feeling guilty. You know what? I, 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 I've told you this before, but I'm gonna say it again. What you need to do is you need to walk away from where you are right now, okay? And you're, now, you may not feel forgiven. That doesn't matter. You are forgiven. Your feelings don't come into play here, okay? If you've asked God to forgive you, now walk away and let your feelings catch up. Your feelings will catch up. But just do what you know to be right, and that's asking God to forgive you, and let your feelings catch up. Stop wallowing in it. Stop feeling guilty about it. Allow God to move in your life, and you need to start over. Start over again. Listen, it doesn't matter how you start. It matters how you finish. Start over and start fresh and, and if start, start over and finish well. You just need to finish well. Each one of us, each one of us has times in our lives we feel like, I cannot believe I'm in this place. Get off the path that you're on, start again and finish well. That's what God calls us to do. Or you can just continue down the destructive and meaningless path that you're on. It's your choice. Those are the two choices. You're a follower of Jesus Christ. If you're not a follower of Jesus Christ, if you've never made a commitment to Jesus Christ, do not leave here today without talking to me, okay? And I will explain how simple it is to ask Christ to come into your life.
But if you're a follower of Jesus Christ today, then you need to get off the path that you're on, start over again, and finish well. That is the amazing thing about being a Christian. When the enemy shatters your plans, make new plans. That's what Job says. My plans have been shattered. Well, you know what? Then you make new plans. Here's what you don't do. Very practical. And I know, I, I, and I'm, please listen to me. God, open up our hearts and our ears so that we can listen, okay? Do not double down on your mistake. Do not double down on your mistake. So often you make a mistake and then you feel guilty and the enemy just pours and you can't believe you did that. You call yourself a Christian. You say this, you think that you're such a hypocrite and so you feel so overwhelmed and so bad about what you've done or what's happened in your life that you then say, well, you know what? If I did that, well, just forget it. And you march on, you double down on the mistake. And he's like, Be Beautiful. Beautiful. The deeper I get him or her into this, the, 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 the better chance it is for me as the enemy to keep them from fulfilling their purpose and God's plan for life. Don't double down. Don't compound your mistake. Do not do that. That is a trap of the enemy. Don't let it happen. And if you're in that, if you're in that, 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 that sphere right now and that's what you're doing, stop what you're doing, ask God to forgive you and move on simple as that. As simple as that. Some of you think, and I've used this analogy before, I'm going to use it again. I want, you to, I want you to pay attention to this. Some of you think you've walked so far away from God. God is so distant from you, and you've walked so far away from God. Here's what happens. You turn around, and he's right, right there. He's right there. He never, you may have walked away from him. He never walked away from you. He's waiting for you to turn around, to, to invite you back. The father and the prodigal son, you know, the, here comes the son, the father's arms are open, he runs, he picks up, his, he just runs at the son. That's what we're talking about here. God will forgive, God wants us to move on, God wants to embrace us. You may have walked away from him, but he did not walk away from you. You need to sit down with someone who can help you map out a new strategy for your life. That's what you need to do. Write that, I don't care, do, you're, that's what you're gonna do. You're gonna find someone who can help you map out a new strategy for your life. If you don't, can't think of anyone, you email me and I will try to connect you with someone who can get involved in your life and can help you walk through, whether it's financial or emotional or spiritual, whatever it is, I will help you, try to help you find someone to connect you with who can help you walk on that new path, who can map out a new strategy for your life. You don't have to do it alone. Matter of fact, you should not do it alone. The verse in Job says this, my days have passed. Do not get caught up in the past. Listen, what, this is what the enemy does. What might have been the time that you wasted. That is just an emotional trap of the enemy. I've wasted so much time. So what now? Double down on that, right? Double down on that. That's what your emotions are gonna tell you to do because that's what the enemy is whispering to you. You've wasted so much time. What might have been in your life, what might have been, what might have been, are you kidding me? I don't care how old you are. God is God and God will fulfill his plan for your life if you just turn around and say, use me. 
Do not double down on that. Again, what might have been the time that I wasted. And so you have, I don't care if it's five more years or 10 more years or 30 more years or 50 more years to live. God can use those years. Don't allow the enemy to steal the rest of your life. He stole the first part, maybe a lot of the first part, maybe even seasons of your life, but don't allow him to, to create in your mind a doubling down idea that since I might, what might have been and, and the time that I've wasted don't fall into that trap that's what he wants you to fall into do not fall into the trap use your past to build your future not limit it use your past to build your future not limit it i am who i am because of my past And sometimes my friends like Patty and different people I get connected with, they remind me of of the past. They remind me, and not in a bad way. Yes, there are a lot of bad things that went on. Yes, there are some painful, painful experiences. There's a reason why my philosophy of life at 17 was I hate most people. I hate everyone I don't know and I hate most people I do know. There's a reason why I thought that way. But when Christ got a hold of my life, he turned that around. I use those, that passion. I use those emotions. I use those experiences to impact the lives of other people and to drive me forward in Christ. You can use those things to build your future, not limit your future. Now, another reason why you're not living the life you desire to live is the pain of the past. The pain of the past. Patty said this, the problem, she said, the problems I was born into, and some of you know exactly what I'm talking about. When I read it the first time, you immediately picked up on that. The problems I was born into. But here's the question, how do we overcome it? How do we overcome the things that we were born into? How do we overcome the things that were not our fault, had nothing to do with us? We didn't choose these things to happen to us. You didn't choose for that event to take place. You didn't choose those circumstances. It happened to you. So how do you overcome it? You get help from others. Patty said, I went to AA. She got help. She got, she got some help. You need someone to help you process through the pain, someone you can trust. You need a trusted person who can help you process through that pain. You need a mentor, you need a a life coach, you need a counselor, you need need a discipler. You need to go to your life group and say, you know what, I've been coming to life group for a long time now and I trust you guys and and if it's okay, I need to tell you some things that happened in my life and I, I just need you guys to come around me and pray for me and encourage me and you need to talk to your life group about it. You don't, you don't have to talk to everybody about it. People don't, shouldn't have all the information about your life. Some people shouldn't, but the people you trust should and you can talk to your, maybe you talk to your men's Bible study or your women's Bible study, but you need to share that what has gone on in your life with someone that you can trust. See, here's what happens. The lie in your mind is this. Here's a lie. They'll never understand you. See all these church people sitting next to you? Uh, Listen, buddy, other than you, everybody else here is perfect, right? We all know that, right? We're all perfect except for you, all right? And what the the lie will be is they're not gonna, these church people aren't gonna understand what you're saying or they're not gonna believe you because you don't understand, they're not gonna believe you or here's another better, here's the better one. They're not gonna accept you so you better, you just better, you better keep it to yourself. You better think through what you're going to say because they're not going to accept you. And here's the greatest one of all. Here's the greatest one of all. The biggest lie of all. You're the only one this has ever happened to. You're the only one that's ever done this. 
You're the only person in the whole entire world that's ever experienced or done. That's the lie that you're being told. So keep it to yourself. They're gonna reject you. They're not gonna believe you. Uh, you know, they're not gonna understand you. Lies from the pit of hell. The goal of the enemy is to keep you isolated. If I can keep you isolated, you're easier to destroy. You're easier to attack. You're vulnerable. But when you start talking to other people, it changes because you have those people around you. The reality is, here's the reality. This is the truth. This is truth. Every time you share your story, it has less and less power over you. Every time you verbalize your story, every time you tell that truth, that what happened to you, it has less and less power over you. And you realize something. You realize you're not the only one because the moment you open your mouth to a few people you're close to and tell them what happened to you, they're gonna say, they're gonna come even and crying maybe to you and saying, I can't believe it, this happened to me or this happened to my closest friend, or this happened to my mom, or this happened to this person, or this happened to my sister. They're gonna start talking. You're gonna say, wait a second, I, I thought I was like the only one. No, oh, oh, no, 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 no. You're not the only one. You're gonna realize that. Something else you're gonna realize. You have not been rejected. You have not been rejected by the people that you're sitting down sharing with. If there, anybody who rejects you for any of that, run like the wind away from them, Okay but you're not gonna be rejected by the people. You're gonna be embraced because you've shared from your heart what's going on in your life and something you need them to help and, 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 and they need to embrace you and they need to help you through that. You're gonna find that's the truth. Do not cut yourself off from the living or you are dead. Do not cut yourself off from the living. The enemy wants to keep you in isolation. Again, email me this week and I'll, I, we have a list of counselors that we can, we can give you that, you can, that where we can at least get, this, get started. You can sit down with a counselor, you can sit down with a mentor, maybe a discipler, but f- try to find someone or we'll try to help you find someone who can sit down and walk you through whatever you're going through. It's just a good starting place, but you need to do that. Third thing, spend time with God. Spend time with God, reading the word of God, praying, just being still. Listen, if you want, it, 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 the lie of the enemy is that you, you should just, God is gonna reject you. God doesn't want anything to do with you. How can you go to God after all the things that you've been through or you've done? Those are just all lies from the pit of hell. They're all lies. If you really wanna overcome the past, you need to invest time. Not just time with other people, but time with God. You need to invest time with God. See, another lie that will come out of this whole thing is the the enemy, as you try to spend that time with God, you'll be going with God, God, help me through this. You'll be reading the word of God and the word of God will be giving you more strength and the enemy's gonna pour this into your mind. Um, You're not strong enough to face that issue. You're not strong enough to face that issue. You're not strong enough to go back in the past and face that issue. And if you do, you will never come back emotionally. You will be a shell of the person that that you are right now. You just keep that, you keep that aside. You don't deal with it. You just don't think about it. You just move on with your life. Don't deal with it at all because the Christians are gonna reject you. No one's ever gone through it. And if you even try to go there, you will become an emotional shell. You will never come back emotionally. But the truth is, that you have the power of the resurrection living in you. The truth is that I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. The truth is 
that I am a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a person belonging to God. That's who I am. And if I don't go back and deal with that emotion, if I don't go to the past and deal with it, I will never come back emotionally. That's the truth. I will never truly come back emotionally. That's the truth. Everything you hear other than that is a lie from the pit of hell, period. I I have the power of the resurrection of Jesus Christ in me. I am a joint heir with Jesus Christ. I am a remnant. I am God's man. You are God's woman. You are God's teenager. You are God's child. And nothing can stand against you. Nothing on this earth has the power to stand against you. You hold on to his hand and you go into battle. You go into battle. You are strong enough, not because you're so powerful, but just like David said against Goliath, I, I, you come against me with spear and sword and javelin, all the things of this world. I come against you in the name of the God Almighty that I serve. And that is the truth. The truth is, the lie is you will never come back emotionally. The truth is, you may never come back emotionally if you don't go on the attack, if you don't confront it. And you can, I promise you, you can. You can with the help of the people around you. You can help that you can through the power of God. He will not, he will not leave you. He will not forsake you. You are not alone. He will walk you through that. No matter what it is we have to face, God will help us get through it. Listen, there's a, there's a reason for each of the stories that I've told you over the past two series. There's a specific reason why I told you those stories in the past two series about someone in the Bible having the courage to face the enemy even when the odds are overwhelming. I picked these characters out, some obscure and not so, some not so obscure. I've picked them out for a specific reason. Because now that I've told you those stories, they're in your heart. And God can use them to inspire you. God can use them to strengthen you to become the hero of your own story. These people are no more powerful than you that I've been telling you about. But you have their stories in your heart. And God can inspire and God can motivate you. God can strengthen you with their stories to say, hey, wait a second. If Shamgar could take on all those guys with an ox goad, maybe I can do it too. Maybe I can be the hero of my own story. We need to, we need to do the same on our own. I've been telling you these stories and I've been, you've been listening to the stories and hopefully they've been, they've been inspiring and encouraging you, but you need to do it on your own. You need to pick up your Bible and you need to read it on your own. Each time, each time you read the Bible, you store up for yourself power. You store up more and more power. Each time you read it, it's like you're consuming. You're consuming strength. And so the next time the enemy attacks, you're stronger than you've ever been before because the word of God is permeating your whole entire body. And the stories that you've heard are now a part of who you are. I tell you the truth, I have been in battles, physical battles, emotional battles, spiritual battles all my life. And when you're in a physical, emotional, or spiritual battle, God will download you with those stories to help inspire you to overcome, to be the victor, not the victim in your life. How often, 
have we allowed ourselves to be the victims? How often have we just stepped back and allowed life, things in life just to happen to us? Sometimes you, you know, a lot of you have gotten your butts kicked. Now it's time to do some butt kicking, okay? Put a big boot on and, and go to town. You need to fight back. See, often when we go through difficulties and pain, what happens is in our lives that we focus inward. Your world begins to revolve around that event. Don't let it happen. Do not let it happen. Do not let your world revolve around that event. Do not allow that to happen to your life. Acknowledge the experience that you had and the pain that it caused. Then you go back and ask the question, now what? Acknowledge the experience, don't hide from it. Acknowledge it happened in your life. It, 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 you, the pain, and the pain that it caused you, okay, that's just reality. But then you ask the question, now what, God? You and me together, now what? Now what am I gonna do from here? That event, listen to me, that event does not define you, Christ does. That trauma is not your identity, Christ is. That event, that experience will not dictate the, the, the destiny of your life. Christ will. That's the truth. Nothing dictates my destiny. Nothing except for Jesus Christ. No, no human, no experience, nothing will dictate my destiny except for Jesus Christ. I am, I am defined by who he is living in me. Nothing else will define me. Nothing else will dictate my destiny. Nothing else will, 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 will create an identity in me. My identity, my destiny is found only in Jesus Christ. In Christ, you can overcome your past. Patty was brought back from death not just physically, but emotionally and spiritually as well. She was brought back in all areas. She said, I needed to find a way to live. It's the now what question. I'm laying here. They brought me back. She said, I was so relieved. She told me on Friday. I said, how do you, what do you mean you were relieved? You're you're dead. She said, no, when you're dying, she explained how things were and she knew she was dying and she knew it was over. And she said, I felt so relieved. But when they revived her, she asked the question, now what? I needed to find a way to live. God was not gonna let me die. I needed to find a way to live. This year is coming to an end. It is coming to an end and so is your old life. You hear me? This year is coming to an end and so is your old life. It's time to face your fears and take back, take back control of your future. It is time to step up and not be afraid anymore of going into battle against the past. Take back what belongs to you, which is your life and your future. If you don't face your fears, the enemy will use them to silence you, to imprison you. That's reality. And there's no place for that. There is no place for that in your life. I talked with Patty, like I said, on Friday. And she said, fear is made up of one of two things. You can think about it one of two ways. Fear, F-E-A-R. She said this. She used a different word, but I'm not gonna use it this morning. Forfeit everything and run. Fear, forfeit everything and run or face everything and recover. Face everything and recover. 
together, not alone, together, you can face everything and you can recover. If we're gonna be a remnant, if we're gonna be a church that has an impact in this world, then my friends, we need to be strong and we need to be healthy. If we are truly, if, we, if this is not just lip service and coming to church and sitting here, hey, well, where do you go to church? I go to Grace Chapel. Yeah, we do this. I mean, if, if, it's, if it's not gonna be some game that we play, if this is a game, I'm taking my ball and going home. I don't wanna play any games, okay? If we're going to be a voice in culture, if we're gonna impact our world, if we're gonna change people's lives, then we need to make sure that we're strong and we're healthy. You can be a Shamgar, an Ehud, an Ebed Melech, a Tola or a Jer, a Rahab. You can be those folks. A Benaiah, you can be them. Eleazar, Caleb, Joshua, it doesn't matter. You can, be, you can be the person that God created you to be, but it will take courage and it will take effort from you. It will take courage. We've talked about this so much in this series. I know how hard it is. You're thinking, my gosh, why do I come to this church? I just go somewhere where they don't talk about this stuff. I don't want to go back and fight the giants. I don't want to deal with my past. I don't want any. It's going to take courage. It's gonna take courage. Imagine though, imagine yourself healthy and strong. Imagine a whole group, a thousand people in a church, healthy and strong. Imagine the fear in the enemy of people who will not be brought down, who will not wallow and, and, and freeze up and, and, and live their lives in mediocrity. Imagine a group of people who, who embrace their past and know that it was painful and know that it was difficult, but turn it around for God's glory and use their past to impact the lives of other people who can sit down and say, yes, I've been there, but here's how God helped me overcome. Imagine a healthy church. Imagine a group of people like that and the impact that we could have on our community, on our nation, and on our world. Helen Keller wrote this, and I absolutely love it. All the world is full of suffering. It is also full of overcoming. All the world is full of suffering. It is also full of overcoming. Make the commitment this morning to begin to live a new life, to begin to move forward, to put the old life behind you, put those old things behind you. Now, I'll be honest, it never truly goes, you're never gonna, hey, forgive and forget. It's like you're not gonna forget everything that you experience, but here's what'll happen. You begin to use it to the glory of God. It is no longer something that can be used against you, but now you've turned it around. The great thing about being a follower of Jesus Christ is God takes everything that was used to your disadvantage and turns the world upside down and uses it for your advantage and his advantage. But we need to choose. We need to choose to get healthy. We need to choose to be strong. We need to choose to change. And my friends, we have a real God with real power who can make and bring about real transformation. We just need to choose it and to become one of his. Let's bow our heads. Our gracious God and heavenly Father, we come before you this morning with humble hearts knowing that, God, we are a, a motley crew. We have a lot of, of issues in our lives. We've made a lot of mistakes. We've had a lot of things happen to us, Lord, that had nothing to do with us, that people inflicted upon us. 
and that fear has been consuming us maybe for a long time. But God, this morning, it's a new day. It's a new day. And we are not leaving this place the same as when we walked in. We will not leave this place the same as when we walked in. We will do what we need to do. We will make a plan, Lord God, and we will follow through so that you can help us become the people that you've created us to be. That you can help us become the the person that you've created us to be. We are not afraid. When we lock arms together as the body of Christ, the only thing that should be shaking is the enemy. We believe in you with all of our hearts. No more playing. This is real. Heal us, strengthen us, and use us. In Jesus' precious and holy name, amen. Have a great, great week. Go pick a fight.